Now, one of the most exciting directors in America is a very young man from Providence, Rhode Island. And he's called Damien Chazelle. And I absolutely went mental over his first film that came out in 2014 called Whiplash. If you've never seen it, it's one of the best and most exciting films of the decade about a young drumming prodigy and his less-than-kind teacher. His less-than-kind teacher ended up winning an Oscar, and the film could have easily walked away with a few itself. In fact, everything he's touched has turned nearly to Oscars. It was an absolutely magnificent film. His next film got even more acclaim, but was one of my most hated films of 2016, La La Land. I don't know what happened there. I hated everything about it. I thought it was a terrible musical and a terrible film, and uh, almost unique trick. Uh, the dancing was sloppy, the music was naff, it was cheesy, it was cliched. Emma Stone won the weakest acting Oscar since probably uh, Gwyneth Paltrow for Shakespeare in Love. Even worse, um, it was a it was a, a TV standard sitcom performance. How it got an Oscar nomination in the first place, let alone win it. He became the youngest ever winner of Best Director as well. And it's, um, it's a, it was a, a double-edged thing there because I really appreciate his talent. But I thought that outing was terrible compared to Whiplash. Well, he's returned and shown himself to be a pretty diverse uh, director as well with First Man, a biopic of Neil Armstrong, which uh, drew a lot of attention. The rabid right wing at the moment are utterly pathetic in the way that they will grab onto one single solitary thing and that's the only thing they'll ever mention. Whenever you talk about First Man to them, they will say, but he didn't plant the flag on the moon, so I hate it. The end. And that was all of the attention that it got when it came out. So I don't know whether that had an impact on the fact that it didn't get anywhere near as much acclaim as La La Land did at the Golden Globes. I don't even know if it got mentioned. Um, if it got nominated for much. And uh, I finally got round to seeing it. It's the story of Neil Armstrong based on a book uh, written by James R. Hansen um, and the screenplay is by Josh Singer. And it's uh, the book's first man, The Life of Neil Armstrong. And it follows the, probably from around 1960 when Neil Armstrong is a civilian test pilot and the film opens in stunning fashion where Armstrong's in a plane, an X-15, which is one of these um, planes that are dropped from a, a much larger aircraft and are basically just rockets they sat on. And one thing that keeps coming up during the course of the film is how dangerous what they're doing is. It's insanity. And they must have had a lot of balls to do this because it looks like the most dangerous thing you could possibly do. And he goes up to like 120,000 feet into the atmosphere on the edge of space. And that's what these planes were designed to do, sort of test the notion of um, early space travel. And on the way down, he can't come down because it keeps bouncing off the atmosphere. And he goes up to about 150,000 feet before working out what to do. Uh, he eventually survives, but the opening sort of five minutes is, it is breathtaking and very exciting. One thing Damien Chazelle has been very good at is dramatically exciting sequences, and that happened a lot in Whiplash, the drumming one, um, where some very, very exciting things happen, and it's a great way to open. 
And there's a couple of other elements that are consistent over the start of the film. One is the, the Russian involvement in st the space race. And it seems the Americans and the Russians both have these... Um, almost like a checklist of different things that has to happen. For instance, one of them is the EVA, uh, whoever gets uh, first to do the extra vehicle activity, I think it's called, which means actually being in space and leaving the spacecraft and coming back into it. And all of these things are believed to be points along the way to actually going to the moon landing, which is the the ultimate goal, because Russia beat them on every other possible thing including going into space sending a living being into space sending a human being into space so it's a really big deal and this was a, the era of john f kennedy saying we choose to go to the moon not because these things are easy but because they are hard and the uh, cold war was at its peak so all of these things were hugely prominent and the other thing that was, it was going on as well is the enormous cost financially of what was happening was extortionate Lots of people were dying and the Vietnam War was on. So there was a lot of sort of public protest to what was going on. Uh, the other major element is Neil Young Armstrong's second child, uh, a young girl, has a brain tumour and that's uh, domin <coughs> dominating their lives. And she ends up dying quite, quite near the start of the film, which obviously has a massive effect. Um, Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong. And his wife's played by British actress Claire Foy. And it's, um, it re revolves around their family unit and their family home a lot and does so very well. Um, Claire Foy has been nominated for a number of awards. She's every single scene she's in, the look in her eyes, everything is so pitch perfect. She's not, um, she's not a sort of a classic stay-at-home American housewife at all. She's got a lot more edge to her. But she's entirely convincing. Uh, they end up having another couple of sons, and the people he's working through as a test pilot are, are worried that he's getting into too many scrapes, despite the fact that he shows almost unnatural composure in getting out of them. Uh, and they worry that the family situation is causing him to be a, a problem. And... Um, so he ends up joining the nascent Gemini program, which is the forerunner to the Apollo program. And the end game of that is to actually make it to the moon. And obviously that occupies the rest of the decade. And we follow their trials and tribulations. A lot of them are, are public record. Um, he makes a few friends along the way. Jason Clark's a great actor, actor. I think he is actually an Australian actor. He's turned up in Zero Dark Thirty and a few others. Um, he makes friends with the other, uh, a mix of military and civilian pilots. There's a lot of um, ambition and a lot of rivalry amongst the, these guys because everyone wants to be the first one to do this, the first one to do that. And even though it's so dangerous, they're all incredibly enthusiastic about what they're doing, um, often meeting with you know presidents and so on as, as the uh, space program progresses. And it's um it's almost a, a it's, it's it's ironic that now we we live in an era where there are so many people that don't believe the moon landing happened. I wonder what these old astronauts must have thought um, as they got older and and suddenly saw all these people just don't believe anymore that it even happened. Because we live in an era of this alternate reality and fake truth and everything else where people will actively dispute things that are, are proven. School shootings, doesn't matter what, they don't believe it. And it's weird that the people that believe in conspiracy theories tend to believe all of them. 
They tend to still believe that Obama wasn't born in America. They still believe the school shootings are actors. They still believe Pizzagate was real, that Hillary deliberately did Benghazi, and that the moon landing was fake and the vaccines are fake. They, but it's like they've got a checklist that they have to believe every single one, which of three, the apparent free thinkers is a, is a little bit funny. Um, obviously, the build-up is towards the, the end game, which o- occupies the last sort of quarter of the film which is the actual moon landing itself along the way a lot of the major characters disappear as well uh, and there are some very very exciting um, flight sequences and liftoffs and and some shocking moments as well as as people sort of end their lives in uh, unexpected ways um throughout it all uh, the two leads are very low key in it as well that's one of the reasons why People have said that um, because of the flag controversy, it wasn't a massive box office hit and it only took $100 million at the box office in America. Uh, and that's why it's gone off and not been considered for rule. I don't agree with that at all. The number one thing I love about this film, it's got Steven Spielberg as the executive pro- uh, producer. When I saw that and when I saw La La Land, I didn't hold out much hope for this movie. Every time they do a biopic of this on an American, all-American hero, see uh, American Sniper, for instance, even with an excellent director like Clint Eastwood, everything is shorn of nuance and moral ambiguity and negative connotations towards anybody who's on the American side. Uh, And it's all jingoism and patriotism and wrapped in the flag. And one of the guiltiest people is probably Spielberg, who manages to make everything so black and white and also so cloying, so sentimental, so noble, the music, everything like that. And these are things that I hate. And I expected that to be in this film, especially after watching something I thought was try as La La Land. I could not have been more wrong. Um, I think the reason this wasn't a blockbuster at the box office is it's a very dry film. It's a drama, and it's a very dry drama. And it focuses on detail. It focuses on very low-key events. Um, It was never going to be a huge box office success. I don't understand its lack of uh, success with the awards season, as this kind of thing's catnip to the awards ceremonies. Anything like this is, you know, make a biography about anybody, and they run all over it, let alone an American hero. Um, and the other thing I think that stopped it is how low-key the performances are. Ryan Gosling's excellent in this as Neil Armstrong. It's just a very low-key performance about a very low-key man. He was a very low-key uh, Midwestern American known for being incredibly modest. Buzz Aldrin was the guy that went up to the moon with him, and he was a real barnstormer, big personality, rubbed people up the wrong way, uh, and he shows up very late on in the movie as... as the sort of Tetris blocks of this program fall into place, and you know, one person dies, another person takes over the next role, and so on. Um, but Armstrong himself was a very quiet, thoughtful man. He wasn't a show-off in any shape or form. He was known for his uh, modesty, his good temper. So it wasn't a. It's not a. You know, it's not like he's playing Margaret Thatcher here. It's, it's, he's playing a low-key guy. But I thought the relationship between him and Claire Foy was wonderful. Really, fully realised she's got a lot of blood to her character it's, again she's not a show off in the role but still very very good um, it's, a, it's a film that's got a lot of um, people you recognise facially but probably aren't wildly well known as actors um, I would 
I was there's only one point in this whole film where I really wanted to know if that was Spielberg's fault, and I'd like to get someone to punch him if he was. And there's a, a bit where Armstrong has his uh, daughter's bracelet and is crying in the spacesuit, and that sort of I thought, is that you, Spielberg? Did you ask them to put that moment in? Because I was so impressed with Damien Chazelle for his direction here. He doesn't put anything superfluous in the film. The family stuff is really well done. Nothing tries to tug at your heartstrings. Everything's quite matter of fact. And it just naturally is very exciting. Um, But the things that elevate this, is probably like an 8 out of 10 film, but the things that really elevate it, there are some stunning sequences. The cinematography is excellent and the direction of the um, exciting sequences is wonderful. It's fascinatingly interesting looking at these rockets and how they actually, um, I don't know why they ever got in them, or how they ever got in them, to be honest. Um, But one of the elements of the film that really stood out is the um, music by Justin Hurwitz. If that doesn't win Best um, Oscars for this soundtrack, uh, that is shameful because it's one of the best soundtracks of recent years. And combined with the soundstage, the sound effects, and the use of sound in this movie with the music, which itself uses um, instrumentation from around the era, that's, uh, the era that's appropriate. So very early synthesizer music and stuff like that. It is absolutely brilliant and the sound is brilliant and terrifying. It's used as a almost as a visual aid when they're in these things and these horrible metallic creaking sounds and explosions and noises and everything is done so well it's so well put together um i thought it was a brilliant film i really did like i said it would have probably been eight eight and a half out of ten but it gets over the line for me by being so dry having no sentiment having excellent performances throughout great direction very tight direction uh they said it's long i didn't think it was long at all i thought it stuck to the main points of the story having an excellent offsider like claire foy who will get an Oscar nomination. Uh, she's absolutely fantastic as a wife. And also just having brilliant cinematography and outstanding music. Um, all of these things push it over. Um, I think they actually filmed the lunar landing, the, the climax of the film, utilising a lot of um, footage that they uncovered. 70 mil, which is double height of normal cinema, um, footage of the moon landing, which had been in a box for like 40 years. And they, they make everything look so authentic as well. And this whole flag thing is such a load of crap. You see the American flag several times throughout the film. You see it on the moon. And they just cry about one little bit. It's like if they've got a film about anything to do with anybody American now, the right wing of America, go through it with a fine tooth comb to work out if it's friend or enemy. And because it doesn't go too far in either direction, they've decided it's enemy. But I thought First Man was a wonderful film underrated i feel i'm going to give it nine out of ten and it's great to see damien chazelle back uh doing a brilliant film and i wouldn't say that any of his three films are are that much alike either so great work first man nine out of ten and the last of the new albums i haven't played i haven't got the bio info up but l sweatshirt who's become something of an iconic figure in rap music ever since he released uh, an